A VW April Fool's prank goes south quickly. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. We want to thank Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, for bringing us to you every week. We encourage you to check out The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash, naturally. We're on brand right there. That's Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, all of this information you can find at focusgroupradio.com. So, Tim, we are now in April, and the tax deadline has been moved, and the ship that we talked about over a week ago has now been dislodged and traffic is moving on the Suez Canal again. And last but not least, last week, Mitch McConnell decided there was not one Republican who would really get behind this uh, infrastructure plan that the president has put forward. But are we surprised? I thought there was supposed to have been an infrastructure plan before with the other guy. (laughs) Thank you for saying the other guy, by the way. Wasn't that what he ran on? We're going to fix our, we're going to fix our tunnels and our trains Mm -hmm. and our airports and our highways and solar and wind and oil and all that other stuff. I don't know, but I do love this. A lot of the Republicans that did not vote for the, uh, the, the, the COVID relief package are now claiming credit for all the money that's going to their states for various projects. It's just so, I think if you watch this on any regular basis, you either have Teflon skin, um, you acknowledge it for the theater that it is. And frankly, if I want theater, I'm going to go to Broadway when it reopens. I don't need to see it in Washington, but it is kind of theatrical, isn't it? They're jackasses. I, 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 <laughs> I get very, you know, and then the other one, my favorite one is this, uh, is Matt Getz, who, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who, you know, tragic if in fact he's, uh, obviously been, been, uh, involved with this guy in Florida that supposedly was trafficking children. But missing in all this, nobody's talking about the kid he adopted, the the 17-year-old kid or 12-year-old kid, whatever, at the time from Cuba that became his son. I think the dank guy's name was Nestor or something. Yeah, well, he was dating the sister. There you go. Right? Mm. He's dating the sister. He and the the sister break up. Gets and the sister break up. The brother stays. People start questioning what's going on. He ends up adopting the kid. I Mm. I don't know. Where there's, well, smoke, you, there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. Good point. And here's another thing to consider. Um, all the writing I've, I've checked out indicates that the Department of Justice has made no comment about this investigation. It was initiated under the attorney general at the time, Bill Barr, who was a Republican. And it has nothing to do with the FBI looking into uh, extortion claims uh, that the father and him have made about someone going after him and this missing FBI agent. They're two separate things, but he balled them up really quick. And there was this really strange thing that happened last week. He he hopped onto Tucker Carlson's show. And even Tucker Carlson, when he got off, when when this when the, the congressman got off, he was like, man, that was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. I mean, for him to say that, you know there's something going on. Well, right? because he, he took a he took a page out of out of Trump's playbook. And he just started throwing everything out there. Because if you throw enough out there, you confuse the message, and then you forget about what the actual topic was. That was typical Trump, right? When he would talk about Trump about, is it okay to grab a woman by the pussy? He would go off on Hillary's emails. 
and and something else. And Bill Clinton did this, and you didn't say anything about so and so. And oh, by the way, how come Al Gore's you know flying around in a private jet? And the only thing he didn't say was John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then next thing you know, like what, what was what was the topic again? You know, so divert, divert, yeah. divert. That's the game they play. You throw enough out there, and you don't you don't answer the question, and then you move on, and then you end up moving on. And I blame all the media. For this, oh, yeah, for, yeah. Not, for not yeah. following up, I get so aggravated. I can't watch the Sunday shows anymore because they won't. It, the politicians on both sides won't answer the question. And if I was a politician, I would just keep asking until I get an answer. Mm-hmm. Don't let them. They let them get away with it all the time. They answer the question. You'll ask somebody a question, and they answer the. They answer what they want to answer, whether it was a question or not. Oh, it's a talking point. You know who used to actually be really good. Um, and I think pretty impartial, frankly, was Tim Russert. He he actually would not let people slide out of the micro under from under the microscope. He right. would ask the question ten different ways, but he would eventually get some kind of an answer. It's just a different climate now, and um, I think the Republican Party has moved towards the theatrics of playing like they govern. Whereas I think they're all just auditioning to be in right wing media someday. <laughs> That's at least what I've been reading. All right, enough of that. We're going to move on. We And Tim actually curated stories this week. Um, the first one is a fun little tidbit here for those who have summer shares out in uh, Fire Island, the Pines area. And the headline reads, Summer starts early as Fire Island Pines opens for the 2021 season. So obviously last season was very much affected by the pandemic. And I think people probably did go out to their beach houses, but I doubt there was a lot of socializing. I mean, the article didn't go into it too much, but they there was a summer. It just wasn't what people are used to. They're hoping it's going to be more normal. There's still going to be mask requirements and social distancing. Um, but of course, the Pines is going to be open for business, right? Well, a lot of people went out to their, and this is, so this story is indicative of, of, I guess, what happened in a lot of areas, because down in Rehoboth or where there was P-Town on the, in the Northeast, or whether you had a place in the, in the South somewhere, or Saugatuck, or Northern Michigan, so forth, so on. People were going to their second homes or summer homes to, um, I guess, wait out the quarantine or the pandemic, right? So you could leave, yeah, the, leave, yeah. the, leave you could work from home there if you had internet, yeah. Right, leave the cities or whatever. And they talked here about in the Pines, people could do their Zoom call and then go out and hang on the beach or, or meet a friend for a cocktail, perhaps. I laughed because here it said they were dancing. I didn't know there was dancing going on, but maybe maybe the boys were doing that out there at the Pines. <laughs> I did a little R&D on that, and there could have been, but I believe the way they had it set up was you were in a circle. And you could dance in your little circle, but it was six feet. <laughs> We used to call that the, the we used to call that the Cherry Hill pocketbook dance. <laughs> Why was that the Cherry Hill pocketbook dance? Because we used to go out after work with the trainees, and we go to these bars in South Jersey, and all the girls with the high hair. This was the you know late eighties, early nineties. They would throw their pocketbooks in the middle of the floor and dance around them. So we used to call it the Cherry Hill pocketbook dance. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. But I the reason I picked this story was I had two questions. One of them was I think it's um, people are pent up, but there is there's lots of warning. I've seen Dr. Fauci and a number of other experts get on and say, "Listen, we've got a hundred million people uh, that have gotten the, the uh, vaccinated. Let's not all of a sudden think we're back to normal. We still need to be, you know, we still need to take measures and, and be cautious because." Uh, this thing could flip in a, in a second. So you still need to be careful. Agreed. Yeah. But, but what I was wondering about this was, is 
how this to me, because I, I've seen this and I've seen it in Rehoboth, ice cream places are open early. Erin McHugh, our, a good friend of ours that's on the show, she's up in the Boston and the Cape area. The ice cream place she always goes to, which I guess opens around Memorial Day, opened last month. So it opened in mid-March instead of in, you know, Memorial Day time. So what I, and, and this ice cream place that I go to in Delaware opened last week instead of, again, Memorial Day time. So I'm wondering, when, when was, when did you traditionally, because you used to have a place out in Fire Island, when did you guys go out? What was your season? Oh, good question. Um, you know, it started about two or three weeks before Memorial Day and went to two or three weeks after Labor Day. So you could actually go out to your house and your share. Maybe I, I, I remember one summer was three weeks before Memorial Day, but it was close to the holiday. Um, this seems like they're pushing the season a bit, but hey, I don't mind. I, I'm a big ice cream fan. So <laughs> no, so this was May. So it was probably May or Mother's Day, maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then a little bit after, probably through September. But this is really pushing it. This is beginning of April, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about mm-hmm. a month early. I think they're. You know, hey, if you have a place and you're renting it, uh, you're doing pretty well. Some of these places, the rents have gone through the roof. Yes, I, I was looking at some. Uh, we have friends who have uh, property on the Cape, and a year or two ago, you would rent a house for maybe 800 bucks for the week or something. That's like now four times the amount. Wow. Or you know, so it's it's kind of crazy. But you know, hey, um, two things to say to back up what you just said. I believe that Fauci will be proven correct that normalcy or whatever we want to call that is not going to be with us until Thanksgiving of this year. And that it completely that it completely aligns with what you were saying about vaccination, be patient, it's got to be the whole country. And that's going to go well into the summer and fall before that gets to a point where we can say, okay, now we can really start thinking about unfreezing things. But hopefully people take care. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, uh, everybody's worn out, but you still, you can't be worn out about it, right? Yeah, I, I will say, if you've not been to Fire Island, I, I believe the uh, probably the best beaches in the Northeast uh, beautiful, beautiful beaches. If you like the beach, I'd say followed by Rehoboth beach. Um, I love P town, but the rice paddy and shards of rock that you have to tra- traverse <laughs> to go lie on the rocks. On Aaron P-town. Cove. That's Aaron Cove. Or, race or, points. Nice though. On, uh, on the ocean stay, side. stay at a, stay at a pool in town. If you go to P town, <laughs> do yourself a favor, get a place with a pool and stay in town. <laughs> it's fun to do the walk once. Make sure you don't go at high tide because the tide's up to your chin. And uh, you got to carry your cooler over your head and you got to wear something on your feet because it's all rocks. And then you get there and it's, you know what it is. Who pretends it's a nice beach in P-Town? As I said, race point is nice, but you got to drive there. It's kind of, it's not a walk from town. That's all. And we get yelled at all the time and I'm ready to get yelled at again. All the P-Town people, we got lots of friends there, blah, blah, blah. You wonder why they don't advertise on the show. Well, that's why. It's not a nice beach. (laughs) It's a nice, it's a nice town. It's a fun town to go to. It's not a place to go if you like the beach. Unless you like Race Point. <laughs> I'll just keep throwing that in. All right. Our next story is about Volkswagen, which I teased at the start. Two days before April Fool's, or two days before uh, April 1st, um, a, a sort of a leaked press release. And I say sort of because it was like, oh, this press release came out that, that Volkswagen intended to change their name in the U.S. to Volts, V-O-L-T-S-W-A-G-E-N, Volkswagen, in, in, in an effort, supposedly, to put them on the map as a brand that was going to be super behind the conversion to electric autos. And of course, there's 
reason why you would believe this, they have invested billions of dollars in the electrification of their fleet, probably 19 billion to date. So, it, and it was two days before April Fool's. Um, it turns out that it was an April Fool's gag. They weren't going to change their name. But then Tim did a little bit of digging, not too much because this was all in the, the financial press. It was actually problematic for them to do this because Wall Street actually issued guidance to investors about what would happen if VW switched out. You know what I mean? Like by 2025, if most of their vehicles are this, whatever. And now I believe, um, was the SEC getting involved? Yeah, the Security and Exchange Commission. They don't like this. They don't like being lied to. Um, the stock did fluctuate. It went up. Uh, I believe it went up. A was it 30, 38% and then dropped 10% when they found out it was a was a joke? Um, you know, this is not to be taken, taken lightly. Um, not a, not a lighthearted marketing gag as, as a couple of uh, people have said, they said that is it's, uh, and also analysts and uh, wall street does not like to be lied to. And this was really a dumb boneheaded move. I was, so when this had come out, I had seen this and I thought, oh, it's April fools. And then I looked at the calendar and it was at the time, March 28th. Hmm. So I looked at it. And it came out in mm -hmm. autom and it came out in automotive news, which is very a very reputable. It's a crane's publication, the, the Wall Street Journal of the automotive industry, right? Right. So I thought, huh. So I looked and I started digging, and sure enough, actually, the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, they were reporting on it. I I turned over to CNBC. It was big news there. Analysts were talking about it. It was confirmed by Scott Keogh, the the president, uh, the U.S. president of uh, of Volkswagen. And they blamed it on an intern that a memo got left on something and somebody saw it and the memo got leaked and ha ha ha. Oh, so now we've got to come clean that, uh, yes, we are going to do this, but we didn't want to make the announcement yet. But this was all because they were upset because the Germans were not happy that General Motors and Tesla seemed to be getting more um, bang for their buck, <laughs> bang for the buck, talking about their, their conversion or their electrification of their fleet. So as John noted, all this money that uh, Volkswagen has invested to the tune of $19 billion to uh, have a, a all-electric fleet by 2025, they thought this marketing ploy or marketing stunt would be, a, would be something that uh, they should do. So their agency uh, came up with this. And uh, as I said, the SEC uh, is not happy about it. And they expect they're going to be uh, investigated. And it could be some heavy fines and some people could be in trouble. Um, it's not something when you're this big of a company. And can we remember diesel? Here's a company that needed to be truthful. <laughs> right, John? Yeah, I know. I know. With, diesel, I, with Dieselgate, all the stories referred to the fact of you just spent billions of dollars in, in settlement for lying about mileage and clean diesel. And uh, then you come out with this boneheaded move. Who thought this was a smart idea? I'm wondering I if know, somebody will I lose know. their job for this. I'm wondering if the agency is going to get blamed, or I'm wondering if some executives will. Well, some some head's going to roll somewhere, and and they they talk about the SEC looking into this because the stock, as Tim noted a moment ago, did climb ten percent, but then when this all unraveled, it dropped back to flatline, meaning the the stock stayed basically the same. Um, and then this guy named, uh, I can't find his first name here, but Richmond said he, he's talking about, um, he's a financial guy and he's talking about how the SEC would do this. And they said to prove a claim, you have to prove intent, meaning that there was a conscious or at least a grossly reckless disregard of the truth here. 
I would imagine that if this really was intended as an April Fool's joke, it's going to be very difficult to prove that Volkswagen intended to deceive the market. So this will probably go a certain distance before someone's like, okay, okay, we get it. No harm, no foul on some levels, but a 10% increase in a stock such as Volkswagen is not a small amount of money when you think about it, right? Right. And then, so if you, yeah. if you rode that up, right. And then you say, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's so odd to me that this, this, and, and why didn't they just do it on April 1st? I mean, if you're going to do it at all, you, you, you can't, you can claim, you know, mea culpa, right? And say, oh, it's April Fool's. Well, because they were pretending it wasn't, you know, that right, was the whole right. deal. They, they, and, that, and that's why Wall Street Journal and CNBC, they were all pissed because they were lied to, blatantly lied to when they called to check it. And then the stock, it says again, the stock then fell another 4% mm -hmm. uh, last Wednesday. So maybe now it's flat, but yeah, not, uh, not a smart move. So we'll see, we'll see how this plays out. Oh, and, and just another uh, thing on the, to close this one out, Tim and I say this all the time, really think these things through, it, whether it's social media or not, because the media is like a Hoover vacuum. The minute it gets sucked up, it's distributed. <laughs> it's like, boom, it's out there. So this last uh, story that uh, Tim brought us today is, um, is really actually kind of funny. And I, Tim, I looked at a couple different uh, websites for this because a lot of people picked it up. And Basically, I'm going to read this headline. This came from um, what website was this here? The Drum, and it's a they they do a reporting on advertising and marketing. And it says, "Ad of the day: KFC plucks slogans from other brands as finger licking remains ill advised." So, in February of 2020, um, oh, finger licking good was the still the the moniker and the tagline for KFC. Now, of course. February turned into March of 2020 and, and we had, you know, the pandemic hit and the idea of hygiene and finger licking was, you know, they're discordant. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to go together. So they abandoned the line. They retired it for a while. And I thought this was kind of funny that they actually used, they went on social media and said, Hey, we're not using the line you all know about because we don't want you doing things that could get you sick. But if we had to use a tagline or could we borrow someone else's? And so People from all over the place started like putting in taglines like so you'd see a bucket of KFC chicken and underneath it, it would say just do it, you know, from Nike. And I think that leads to some kind of I thought it was kind of funny. I picked this because I was wondering whether they were allowed to do it mm. because mm. aren't these aren't these pretty protected lines? You know, if you're Nike, just do it. I mean, you're you you want to guard that with your life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. And so I was wondering with a bucket of chicken, I, I, I thought it was funny because they used McDonald's. I'm loving it. They were using Honda's The Power of Dreams um, and, and some other ones, as you mentioned, and they did some outdoor campaign. I thought it was funny, too. But then I thought, geez, I wonder if they're actually allowed to use these. And they said that, you know, they hope the other brand managers wouldn't mind them, you know, trying out the slogans for a little bit. And uh, they're not going to keep them. But I, I, I don't know. I, I was wondering whether... Uh, whether they were allowed you know, to do it. You know, I thought the same thing. Like, I'm looking at one here. Uh, they probably grabbed this from Snickers. Um, you're not you when you're hungry, you know? And so, and it, it, it all is in good fun. It seems to be mostly on social media, except they have pictures in this article that you sent, Tim. And I found these in a couple other places of actual rolling billboards that would go through cities and stuff right. with like a digital screen. So... That is a usage thing, right? And yeah. um, I, I wonder how that, I didn't read anything in here on any of the articles I read about how they planned to, you know, 
deal with copyright or or ownership issues, perhaps it's not an issue yet, right? Yeah, and, and and this story came out of the UK, so I wondered. Well, maybe the maybe it was maybe it's different in the UK. Maybe ad laws or advertising copyright laws are different in the UK. I'm not sure. Well, they have a better sense of humor. They gave us a uh, little Britain and Mon- <laughs> <laughs> they gave us little Britain, Monty Python, right? And I that's mean, and that's, know, and, that's and that's in the law books. That's written. Uh, the Brits, we've got a better <laughs> sense better of sense humor, of humor. Than the Americans. <laughs> We're not, we're not not as litigious. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate that one. <laughs> All right, folks. As we mentioned at the beginning of the uh, show, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, TFG Unbuttoned, since we began. And um, if you go to their site, which we would encourage you to do, go to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Critics' Choice logo, and start shopping. Um, first thing I would do is get a print catalog. They get sent every four or five weeks, upper left-hand corner, just say request a catalog. I'm going to be beating the drum on a movie that I'm going to mention right here because Uh it just came. Well, okay. It's one of my top three movies. I love this film. I saw it when it first came out in 91. Um, and now the Criterion Collection, Criterion, Tim and I, oh, it's like the gold standard. They remastered it. There's some great bonus content. I saw it just the other day because I the minute this thing came out, I ordered it. And it's the movie's called Defending Your Life. It's oh, uh, I love that movie. Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep. Uh, it's an Albert Brooks movie. Rip Torn's in it. Um, he plays uh, Lee Grant. It's well cast. Well, it, I just think it's a wonderful movie. And to get the Criterion treatment, it sparkles. Sparkle, Neely. Sparkle. It looks great. The tr- and I love it. So I highly recommend it. You're going to hear me talking about this for a while. <laughs> well, that's good. So uh, so head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Critics' Choice Video logo. As uh, as John mentioned, uh, you can get Defending Your Life there from uh, from Criterion, the Criterion Collection, which uh, which we love that studio. And, um, and also shop other great deals there. There's always some sort of uh, collection you'll find there or some sort of hard-to-find uh, hard to find movie that you'll uh, you'll stumble upon as well john and i both get lost in the website there so it's uh, a great place to uh, spend some time and uh, we appreciate the time you spend with us and uh, be sure to catch our show the focus group with tim bennett and john nash on wednesdays find out all about us at focusgroupradio.com remember to continue to mask up get your shots and uh, we'll see you on wednesday take care It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.